0: So where do we go from here? And I know um, you want to share some things about you know wh- where we might go from here. And I'm, I'm curious in your, in, in your view, um, and, it, and it seems to me some of the interviewees that we brought into the, to the network is, is that um, there's vaccine injuries, and, and in many cases the vaccines are compromising immune systems and allowing uh, pre-existing conditions to, to, to flourish and And so there's higher increased rates of of cancers and things of that nature, but all, all indications seems like across the board, um, there, there's there's just less of a defensive immune system to to hold them back. Yes um, and, and 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 we've talked um, previously, in fact recently with Dr. Um, Paul Harch about this, this whole inflammatory issue, and you just touched on the whole gene therapy part of it, the you know, the, the regulation of our genes and, and, and mm-hmm. these enzymes for anti inflammatory um, being upregulated and inflammatory downregulated and, and things of that nature. Do you see an opportunity for hyperbaric oxygen to help in those areas? Is it clear to you? I'm, I'm curious.
1: Well, it's, it's the most exciting thing that, that has really piqued my interest in this field, which, you know, I had been a part of some, you know, in a clinical way some years ago. Had not been involved in the research about it, but of course this is what has been uh, has come to the to my attention recently, with the assistance of my colleague and friend uh, Dr. Ted Fogarty and his work with Dr. Harch. So the work that they've done has been exor- extraordinarily stimulating to me because it does exactly hold a potential and a promise for being able to address some of these injuries. I can't say that I'm familiar exactly with the literature yet about this. As with many things in medicine, we start out with anecdotal reports. In other words, we see people who have actually improved with a course of therapy for their particular conditions, which uh, there are many, which are, we see now related either to the so-called long COVID or to the post-vaccination symptomatology that people develop. So there's a lot of anecdotal evidence and increasing numbers of, you know, and we expect to see there will be more actually published reports of the progress in this area. It is sort of a renewal. It is a renaissance in this field as I, as I see it, uh, because there are huge numbers of people who are involved now that potentially could be helped by this form of therapy. And so I find it very exciting to be uh, at least uh, brought into this again at this later stage of my career, which, you know, has, has made it very uh, interesting uh, for me to contemplate.
0: One, one of the r- more recent occurrences is the uh, frontline doctors, similar to the, the, the three young ladies, as you stated, that started the <laughs> Freedom... It's
1: called Voices for Freedom. Voices
0: for Freedom in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, frontline doctors, very active in, in a lot of what you're doing um, and promoting the truth about what the science is telling us. And uh, And I think you put it kindly that that um, they might take the science and set it aside. And that's, ba- that's basically burying it um, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and not giving it any credibility. And it's unfortunate um, because th- these are some very, these are brilliant scientists without um, conflict of interest or motives for what they're saying. They're simply looking at what the science is telling them mm-hmm. and, and, and using <coughs> their expertise to advise us. And so, so in you know, with, with all that said, um, to me this parallel that 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 i was educated in hyperbaric oxygen somewhat as a structural engineer to me it was high school biology or college biology that, that led me to understand it and to start reading these studies mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. clinical trials some peer reviewed um, and, and really understanding some of the conflicts that could exist even within that that it wasn't good science because there was a conflict and there was a there was sort of a pre-determined um, conclusion you know up front and that's what they were out to prove and some of them become more clear as you read more and more of them mm-hmm. um, and, and that mm-hmm. is that this suppression of science has raised the awareness of this this conflict of interest that mm-hmm. is um, you know I, we won't talk about what what the intent is because you know that's a slippery slope on what the intent is, yep. but it's something that hyperbaric oxygen seems to have have suffered from. For to me, it, you know, going back, it's it's nearly a hundred years. It's back to um, to Cunningham, the Cunningham Ball, yep. which um, people should be aware of. The Cunningham Ball back in in Cleveland, Ohio, was a five-story hyperbaric chamber, mm-hmm. and uh, and the amazing <coughs> results. And the medical industry just completely. Um, Destroyed this poor guy, and uh, and so so I think I think the, the the fact that this can happen, and 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 they're they're going after you for raising awareness about it, um, lends credibility to the fact that this could have been happening for a very long period of time.
1: And I think that's absolutely true. I mean, if we look back to the establishment of the um, American medical schools um, after the Flexner report in the early nineteen um, <clears> tens, <throat> this was actually a report, uh, an analysis of the medical schools existing in the United States at the time, funded by Mr. Rockefeller, who is a uh, holder of uh, of the petroleum products that were used as the basis for pharmaceuticals. And the result of this Flexner report was the closing down of many of the, what we would call today, naturopathic schools of medicine or those which related to even homeopathy and some of these other... Uh, areas that are now considered to be alternative or non-traditional medicine techniques. And you have to wonder why is it that that all ended up um, happening where those schools that showed that were uh, uh, shut down were the ones that dealt with natural products and the ones that were formulated and allowed to exist were those that used pharmaceutical based products and only pharmaceutical based products and surgery and radiation and all of that. Conflict of interest. Once again, it's been with us for a long time.
0: Yeah, where would we be if 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 medicine was not, you know, just focused on what's best for the patient and uh, not going down that path? And so, so, so anyhow, we're bringing awareness, and and so I think it would be great for for anyone listening to this would get on listen to some of your podcasts. Sounds to me like you have, have a rich understanding of it and, and can really help to, to educate them on some things that are really important moving forward in avoiding some of the mistakes that we make by putting all of our trust in in, in, in things were where you know we're dealing with political motivated science denying you know individuals and uh, and it's not it's not just in New Zealand or in the U.S., I think it's, it's a global issue.
1: It is a global issue, and I'll just touch on that point just a bit in regard to why is it that American medicine is so dominated by big pharma. We know that <clears throat> there are only two countries in the world, uh, it, until recently I was corrected, but perhaps classically two countries in the world allow direct-to-consumer c- pharmaceutical advertising on television, the United States and New Zealand. Interesting. So why is that? And what is going to be different as a result of that? Let's contrast that to what happens in Ukraine. Now, my wife is Ukrainian, and so I've been in um, Ukraine a number of uh, times, and I've actually been a per- not only a, a colleague but actually a participant in the Ukrainian medical system as I, I had actually been hospitalized there for you know a medical condition. Their approach to uh, health care, uh, being as it is, it's going to be somewhat compromised by you know, the the history and all of that uh, as as a Soviet country. But in many ways, they actually had much more of an interest in the nutritional and the food side of what makes a person healthy or diseased. It's not that they don't know about medicines. It's just that they put them in a proper context. And there's, once again, going back to the original statement that Hippocrates made, the original physician from more than 2,000 years ago let food be thy medicine let medicine be thy food and so that whole idea that you know we're going to be dependent upon pharmaceutical products whether it's drugs or vaccines or anything else and deny the in- innate capability that we have to heal ourselves when we are given proper nutrition and proper food and and you know all of the other things that are important sleep and you know stress relief and all of those things that is is something that seems to be taking us well down this unfortunate path that we say today with a decline in the health of American people.
0: Crossover, just as a side note, um, that that Russia, um, across the border there in, in the country of Russia, they have some 3,000 hyperbaric clinics or hospitals throughout the country. So so heavily used and, and, yep. and of course, not influenced, um, certainly with television advertisements for some of the um, medications that are out there. and so 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 coming back to your career as a pulmonologist and I'm curious if you're aware of this that back in the mid 90s, m- maybe 93, earlier to mid 90s, that the American Heart Association endorsed hyperbaric oxygen as a therapy for people suffering um, or recently having suffered from a heart attack that their hearts would heal in one third of the time they endorsed it. And uh, and at some point shortly after that, I'm not sure when, could have be been years, but from where we are today in 2022, that was all pulled away. They hid it. So so they took that endorsement and they put it on the shelf and
1: said, okay, we're not going to do that. Um, are, were you aware of that, that, that they had endorsed that or that there was a benefit there? I was not aware of that, but I'm frankly not at all surprised. Um, We've seen a number of other sort of alternative therapies uh, over the years that have been squashed and the people who provided them and who uh, presented those, uh, the research related to that, have been squashed like a bug by mm. organized medicine and by, therefore, we assume, you know, the huge pharmaceutical backing of organized medicine. We can look back at the statement that was made by two of the former editors of the New England Journal of Medicine, which is one of the most prestigious medical journals in the world. and when. Dr. Arnold Relman finished his term there as the editor of the journal somewhere in the 90s, I think it was. Uh, He said, well, you know, I had to look back and say, well, maybe all of the studies that we were publishing there had been unduly influenced by pharmaceutical companies. And in fact, maybe what we believed to be a correct conclusion may in fact, you know, be open to suspicion. And after him, another editor, Marsha Angel who was the next editor of the New England Journal and concluded much the same. So this is not just something that's a fringe effect within let's say an alternative therapy like hyperbaric oxygen. It's even uh, affected uh, those um, studies that we assume are going to be reliable enough to produce um, approval of new drugs and new agents. So this the degree of corruption within the field of, of medicine and science in, in general has is, 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 is just been very disappointing for me to have to come to realize towards the end of my career now, having relied upon this for, you know, all the years that I was practicing, as being, you know, a reliable source of, uh, uh, of guidance on the use of medi- medications.
0: One, one of the things that, that <clears> I, think <throat> I think that um, it, in, in a way to, to guide the narrative and, and so um, – I think that the, the professionals that are in hyperbaric oxygen, the medical professionals, um, at some point they're they're you know they have that feeling they're disappointed they're they're concerned they're they're somewhat disgusted I would say um, with you know where they're you know they got into this for a reason and to heal people and it seems like their their hands are tied when it comes to something as simple as oxygen under pressure as as mm-hmm. we say has been around since the second day mm-hmm. okay <laughs> yeah okay and so. So when you, when you see these commercials on television and you see you know this, this drug, very often you'll hear that, it, that one of the side effects could be inflammation. And so, so mm-hmm. in some of the discussions with the, the doctors here, you know, we, we go back about, um, we all die of inflammation. It comes in different forms, okay. That, that if you were going to take a medication that caused inflammation, why would you not pair that up with this natural anti-inflammatory therapy, mm-hmm. and wouldn't that possibly that medication be much more effective? If it wasn't causing inflammation, and it could target what it was doing, mm-hmm. so 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 maybe there is a place, and that's sort of the soft approach. Well, maybe we should work together, and maybe yeah. you should be looking at this as a combination. Yeah. you know, and so so there is there is that that um, I'm sure clinics deal with. Patients come in, and they have you know they have their list of medications they're on. So what? How does it affect those medications? Wouldn't it be great to have the studies that show? You, yeah, you can take that medication while you do this, and and not this you know sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, risk that 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 is involved you know If you if you as a clinician in a hyperbaric clinic um, don't say look you gotta get off your medication before I do that you know right. that you could actually you know explore that and so
1: I so think, yeah absolutely I mean I think that's that's the way we're going to uh, be able to make more of an approach into the conventional allopathic world uh, is to say well we're not replacing what you're doing you know we're augmenting it and by the way Let's see if it actually turns out that it's more effective than what you've been providing. And, you know, if you can if you can do that on enough cases and enough studies and enough different uh, indications, then perhaps there's a capacity for inroads. But, you know, I think what it happens is that it may be that the benefit of hyperbaric therapy, whether with oxygen or even without it, as we're now seeing in some of these low-pressure hyperbaric treatment centers, what you may find is that the actual treatment itself can be so effective that it really will threaten, you know, the drug oriented world uh, that we have been trained in as physicians. And when you threaten, you know, to take away, you know, the drug companies uh, effectively their bread and butter, then you can count on being, you know, you can count on on having, um, you know, fake studies published, uh, you know, that show that it's ineffective or or whatever it's going to be. you know, I, I would just like to say, hey, let's do the science here. Let's do, th- let's do the science here. Let's design some studies that show the difference between using a drug-only model for a given series of indications and one which is a, you know, a, a drug and a hyperbaric model and in a hyperbaric model. I mean, that's, that's how you would like to do that, and you'd like to do it in sufficient numbers that you can gain statistical significance, and then you'd like to see it published in not an obscure journal but in a major journal. But the problem is, as we've seen with the the vaccine scene, uh, the, vac- the the vaccination scene, and with some of the studies that have been uh, showing adverse effects, is that they're not only not published in the uh, in the major journals, they're specifically rejected by the major journals. Yeah. It's not as though people have not tried to get this this groundbreaking information and adverse to the narrative. We have to say, you know, this actually challenges the narrative. They're not allowed to be. Uh, published in the journals where they're going to have the most impact, mm-hmm. and and so you know, Dr. Pierre Cory has had on his recent Substack uh, paper uh, 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 blog, where he described just what happened with respect to the treatment of some of these, um, shall we call them, repurposed drugs for COVID-19 uh, infection, and what happened when various um, journal articles were uh, were um, sent to to be published that had gone through peer review. And he just goes through the whole scenario of uh, of the corruption that has allowed the rejection of these time after time after time after time, Mm -hmm. even good studies that should have been known by the general public and should have been picked up and actually acted upon by those who are in positions of authority within our government.
0: Well, you know, to to (coughs) me it seems that you know there there is the solution out there that you have this functional medicine, you know, where they're coming up with therapies like hyperbaric oxygen, um, you know, you have IV therapies, you have the electromagnetic flux, the beamer, you know, mm-hmm. saunas, so things of that nature, ozone therapy, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a list of them. I, I've, not, I've been un, unable to find anything that's more comprehensive than hyperbaric oxygen. Um, it's mm-hmm. really more about dosing, and that's, that's where that focus needs to go in the dosing, like the low pressure, higher pressures, wound care, yeah. you know, then, then it's mm-hmm. a matter of coming up with the right protocol you know for this and then you have the western medicine side which is just drugs 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 taught in medical schools and all that and now we have this this emergence of this um, um, integrative medicine where they're integrating both Mm -hmm. and so looking for the right solution clearly antibiotics have a place if you can't get rid of the Mm -hmm. infection and so so that western medicine antibiotics that have been around since penicillin um you're very important right so there's some really important things there so we can't just reject that entirely so there's Mm -hmm. that that's where we should be right we should just be looking at everything and deciding what's best for humanity and so it's a spirit of humanity that that needs to be embraced here is it not
1: it is it is uh, you know talking about integrated medicine i mean it's interesting to me that in new zealand our our group of what should we call them dissidents that Believe still that we need to talk about informed consent, we need to talk about you know potential injuries. This is a group which is called New Zealand Doctors Speaking Out with Science, also available online as NZ or NZDSos.com. and this is a group that has been in the forefront uh, of um, publishing the, um, the, the necessary information for our people in New Zealand. this is effectively uh, the New Zealand equivalent to the frontline uh, doctors that we have in the, in the United States, so uh, My colleague there dr. Matt Shelton, is a uh, is an integrated physician and has been uh, for many years and he also was one to speak out uh, quite uh, broadly and Was uh, my colleague in the court case that we went to uh, in Wellington uh, district court back in February when our licenses were suspended for speaking things they didn't want us to talk about and the whole idea is that um, Integrative medicine is something, is an approach that we need to be looking at. Most of the members, or at least many of the members of this organization, this NZDSOS, are in fact either alternative medical practitioners or al- integrative and so forth. They've, they've had already been in tune with the idea that we need to get beyond drugs and pharmaceutical products only. So this is not an old – it's not a new idea. It's an old idea. Mm. It's just an old idea that is becoming much and more relevant as we see the corruption of, you know, the pharmaceutical-based approach to medical practice.
0: Or is it the pharmaceutical-based approach to politics?
1: They're intertwined, aren't they? I mean, because yeah. we have to imagine that, you know, our uh, legislators and all of that are – are they really doing what's best for the people or are they doing – you know, either being unduly influenced by you know the pharmaceutical companies through, well, good old-fashioned lobbying and that sort of thing, and so um, you know that that it leaves us as 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 the people, it leaves us in a, in a you know bad frame of mind. Well, really. anybody
0: that's squashing debate is 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 not out for the benefit of all. They're
1: you not. Know, yeah. that, that's right. And so I mean, when when I see somebody being shut down, I say, well, I, I want to go there. I want to find out what they're talking about. You know. Because, you know, truth will out eventually. Um, And and you can only squash truth for so long. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, you have, you know, great, you can exert great political power to shut people up, but the truth will out. It will be known, Mm -hmm. even if it takes a long time for that to happen. Increasingly, more and more people are becoming awake to the fact that, you know, things aren't what they've been told. More and more people now have personal uh, understanding, uh, you know, relations, either friends, colleagues or whatever that have suffered from real injuries related to this inoculation product. Uh, and so, as our approach is in hyperbaric oxygen network is to actually let people know that, you know, there is a solution for this. Let's, let's sort of try to get that out into the, into the, uh, uh, to, into the public arena so that people can know, yes, okay, we're suffering, but is there a solution to this? And this, I think, is gonna be a, a major uh, potential offering to help a lot of these people.
0: Well, Dr. Kennedy, we certainly appreciate your insights, and, and, uh, and it's a worthy cause, is it not? And, and your work um, in, you know, in, in being attacked uh, is, is, is um, it's not uncommon, I guess, in, in countries around the world where doctors are speaking up, and certainly appreciate your courage to do that and, and to, to, to fight the battle that needs to be fought on on many fronts and and mm-hmm. coming here from New Zealand and stopping in to see us has been a great <laughs> yeah. pleasure of mine and wonderful yeah. to, uh, to, to meet you and have this opportunity and hope, and, you know, when you're back next summer, or is it is it the summer that you get to come back here? Maybe you run through here and, uh, yeah. and we can we can get an update and see how things are going in New Zealand. I know that mm-hmm. New Zealand is in the news and we hear a lot about you know what's going on there more, more on the political side of things and, and of course mm-hmm. when they shut the country down. so again, thank you so much for visiting us and I appreciate um, all your insights.
1: Yeah thank you thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be have, here.
0: Have a safe trip home. Thank, thank
1: you. you.